Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Why did you want to bring him in for a workout? We brought in, like I said, we brought in tons of people for workouts. And if there's an opportunity to improve the team, you know, um, you know, we said it from day one that we would look at every opportunity. And, um, you know, he's not the first player that we looked at, not the not the last one. Josh McDaniels with a very casual, reasonable, plausible explanation for the decision earlier this week by the Las Vegas Raiders to bring in free agent for five-plus years, Colin Kaepernick, for a workout. We'll be talking about the reaction from Thursday to the Wednesday workout over the course of the next two hours and much more. It's the Friday of Memorial Day weekend. Bad news dump coming this afternoon, baby. I can feel it in the air already. NFL's got something cooking up to slip through our collective five-hole as we focus on the weekend to come. Peter King is here as he typically is on Friday. Good morning, Peter. Great to see you. How's everything? Everything is okay, Mike. You know, I I was fascinated when I heard that Josh McDaniels was going to be talking on Thursday. My first thought was, hmm, is he going to pull a Belichick and say nothing to see here? Or is he going to say, yeah, it was really good to get to know Colin a little bit. And boy, I'll tell you what, he's still got some game and blah, blah, blah. And it was the former. (laughs) But, you know, in that in that response that he gave, like, hey, no big deal, we do this all the time, that kind of underscores how wrong it is that it took five-plus years for Colin Kaepernick right. to make his way into that avenue of, yeah, we work out guys all the time. Because they do. They all do. We see the reports that come out, especially during the season. Every Tuesday, Giants have 10 guys in. Ravens have seven guys in. Steelers have six guys in. Lather, rinse, repeat over and over. Hundreds of guys over the course of a given year are brought in for a workout. But nobody wanted to touch Colin Kaepernick because it's a very simple analysis. Very simple. If we do business with him in any way, shape, or form, we potentially risk activating that fringe of our fan base that will huff and puff and maybe blow our house down a little bit because they hate Colin Kaepernick. That's why it's happened. Whether there was collusion or whether the 32 teams decided independently without any coercion or coordination from the league office to stay away from Colin Kaepernick, that's why they did it. They made a business decision based upon the idea that we got people that hate this guy even though he didn't do anything wrong, even though he didn't break any rules, even though everything he did was fully within his rights. People out there who want to push back on me will still refuse to accept he did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. If we're going to care about the Second Amendment, we've got to care about the First Amendment. He did nothing wrong, and it still took him five-plus years to get a chance to show up and throw the football and demonstrate what he can do, Peter. It's still, it sickens me that it took five years to get to this point. Yeah, and look, you know, the bottom line question now 
you know, and I saw some some stuff. What what do we need Colin Kaepernick for? We got we got Derek Carr. Well, this is not about replacing Derek Carr. This is basically about saying, is Colin Kaepernick at age thirty four better today as an option than Nick Mullins or Jarrett Stidham? That's the question that everybody should be asking. Everybody should be looking at the backup quarterback on the team that they follow and just say, hey, look, it 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 might be that that he's not better, that five and a half years is a bridge too far. But don't think of Colin Kaepernick as the guy who's coming in to replace the starting quarterback. That is unless you're in Carolina or Seattle or, or, or whatever, you know, and don't have an absolute rock solid starter. You know, Derek Carr is not going to be replaced. And the only way that Colin Kaepernick would play and play significantly if he signed with the Raiders, quite honestly, is if Derek Carr gets hurt or goes into a slump that he's never had in his NFL career. So it, everybody needs to sort of calm down about his role. His role is not to come in as the second or sixth or ninth most important player on your team. His role is to come in as the number two guy on the depth chart, and then we see what happens. Of course, we know some teams regard that number two guy on the depth chart as one of the top 15 most important players on the roster, a la the Philadelphia Eagles, because they once rode that guy to a Super Bowl championship just five years ago in Nick Foles. And you're right, Peter, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the car situation. Before we get to that, though, the report's coming out of the workout on Wednesday, and who knows what to really believe there because, again, the Raiders now following the Patriot way aren't necessarily going to be the shining example of transparency when it comes to information. But reportedly impressive, arm strength and conditioning stand out. Well, the arm strength isn't going to go away after five years of not playing. You still have the same arm that you would have had. At age 34, he should still be able to throw it the way that he threw it at 29. And the conditioning will stand out well if you're working out two or three hours a day every day to keep yourself ready i mean yeah you haven't played football you haven't put on a helmet you haven't been out there in full contact full action reading defenses getting experience that way chris and i talked about that yesterday peter the idea that he would be if he'd been playing all along right now in that sweet spot where he still has his physical skills and he's got years of seeing defenses reading defenses making pre-snap looks making determinations Teams trying to fool him. He's lost five years of that experience. But still, his arm strength and his conditioning should stand out because the guy's been busting his ass for five years waiting for this opportunity. You know, and the other part of it is, Mike, if you just look at, and look, I watched him, uh, you know, I watched a lot of the tape from that Michigan workout that he had at the Michigan spring game, whenever that was a month or so ago. And... You know, there's no question whatsoever that he still has the ability to move around very well, and he still has the arm that you need to have to play football in the NFL. Uh, he's been throwing over the last few last couple of years to several NFL receivers, um, all of whom, well, what else are they going to say? But all of whom, when asked, basically say that, man, he really is throwing the ball well. So... To me, Mike, this is about, in my opinion, okay, whether you want to take the potential, uh, (coughs) whatever the right word is, the potential storm clouds that come with this, okay? And here he is throwing the ball at Michigan. You know, it's it's really whether you want to take, uh, you know, the storm clouds. And (coughs) I'm reminded of something that was said to me at the time when Colin Kaepernick, remember the time that the NFL arranged a workout and that he and the NFL went back and forth and he ended up just going to throw the ball at a local high school. And that was whatever, two years ago. And I remember at the time, one NFL above the pay grade of general manager, not who was considering, you know, signing Colin Kaepernick. He said, look, 
for any team, it's going to come down to one thing. Are you okay with two weeks of sort of mania around him? Of Anderson Cooper being over on the sidelines or Oprah Winfrey or, you know, I mean, are you okay with that? Or, and, and then, because I think in most cases, what will surprise people is that after 10 days or two weeks, it's almost all going to go away. <laughs> and then you just settle into football. Hey, Colin Kaepernick is here. Oh yeah, that was a story two weeks ago. I don't think that anybody who brings in Colin Kaepernick is going to get 24-7 press distraction all year. It's just, it's not going to go that way. Because the other thing is, Mike, and you know this, what will Josh McDaniel and Dave Ziegler say to Colin Kaepernick if they get down to signing him? And I have no idea whether they're going to sign him or not. But what will they say to him? Hey, look, we need you to be a football player. You know, we don't need all the other stuff that kind of is going to go along with it. The the national interviews every night, the, this, that, it, everything, you know, the, you, you know, all of the protesting during the year, whatever it would be. And in my opinion, that before the Raiders or anybody would have to discuss them, that is probably what is going to be raised. Because I just think that, especially for a guy who's probably going to be a backup quarterback for you, having to answer a lot of questions about what happens to him away from the facility all year long is a bridge too far for any coach. I always get a little concerned when the narrative becomes distractions and we don't want distractions because that word can easily be manipulated and applied to justify not doing business with someone we just don't want to do business with. Michael Sam, 2014, going to be a distraction. There were some prominent voices who gave credence to that notion. We don't want to deal with the distraction. Well, do you not want to deal with the distraction or do you not want to deal with the guy? It's easy to say we don't want the distraction. And, Peter, I think it's more than just the short-term bump in interest in the team which would come. And that's good, too. The other side of it is you're going to make a crap load of money selling Colin Kaepernick silver and black seven jerseys. Seven, by the way, available on the Raiders roster. No deal needs to be done to put Kaepernick in seven. Can you imagine how many Raiders jerseys with Kaepernick's name on the back would sell? So there's a good side to this, too. And that brings me back to a point that I want to make. I think I mentioned this <coughs> yesterday with Rich Eyes, and I mentioned it yesterday on this show. But remember this. And this is some of the evidence that came to light during the Colin Kaepernick collusion grievance. It was done through a private arbitration process, not the secret rigged kangaroo court that the commissioner likes to use when a coach makes a claim or a former coach. But the players have a system as part of their labor deal that they have to use. So we don't get much by way of transparency. But one thing that I was made aware of during this time, the NFL did studies, focus groups, polling about Colin Kaepernick. And you had a minority of folks who were extremely anti-Kaepernick and an equal minority of folks who were extremely pro-Kaepernick. And the NFL decided strategically to defer to the 30% or so that were anti-Kaepernick because they feared what those people could do to the business. That loud minority that would huff and puff and kind of blow the house down. 2016, 2017, the numbers did take a hit. Now, was it because people were so engaged in politics because it was this brave, new, crazy-ass world of Donald Trump? I don't know. But the numbers did get affected during the presidential campaign of 2016 and into 2017. And to the extent the national anthem controversy, Peter, was responsible for that, they don't want to go back there. And, and that's where I say this is more than just the first couple of weeks because, you know what, if he's on the team, that's going to happen again, potentially. What, what are you going to do, Colin? When we show up for the first preseason game, what are you going to do for the first regular season game, the primetime game, this game, that game? Are you going to be standing? Are you going to be kneeling? Are you going to be sitting? Are you even going to be on the sidelines? What are we going to do here? We probably need to talk about this at some point because you know what it's going to do, Peter? It is going to resurrect a five-year-old controversy that plenty of people in the league do not want coming back, starting with 
the guy that told you within the past couple of weeks, everything that happens is good, no matter how bad it is. Cowboys owner Jerry (laughs) Jones. The water's edge of all controversy is good controversy is the anthem controversy. There are going to be people who do not want that back in the NFL. They do not want to go down that road again. Yeah, but I would bet a lot of money that there would there would be some accommodation reached. I don't know what it would be, um, but in what I say accommodation, I mean that uh, I would bet that before they signed him, they would know exactly what Colin Kaepernick's intentions were. And if his intentions are to kneel, then the Raiders would have to decide whether that is a non-starter for them. I think more likely just a gut feeling. It makes me uncomfortable, Peter. As a, as a recovering lawyer, that makes me very uncomfortable. They should not ask him those questions. That would be in the bucket of things that thou shalt not ask. You know, there's been some reporting in recent months about things the NFL is doing to make the people better sensitive to what you can and can't say to a guy at the scouting combine. And when, when we accept as true, because, folks, it is true, that the rules allow players to protest during the national anthem. The NFL badly conceived its rule. If the NFL was trying to avoid this, it badly conceived the rule that requires players to be present on the sidelines but says nothing about thou shalt stand. So he's within his rights to kneel during the anthem, fully within his rights. So why are you asking me questions about what I plan to do? It just makes me very nervous Because I think it's wrong. I think it is a prima facie violation of the rules for a team to even ask him, by the way, before we we put this piece of paper in front of you that you will sign your name to that will put you under contract with the team, we'd just like to know, what are you going to be doing when they fire up the Star Spangled Banner? We'd just like to know. Before we go any farther, I I think that it's a violation of the rules to even ask that question. Well, here's my question then for you, Mike. Here's my question. If you entered into this without asking any questions to Colin Kaepernick, like, what are you going to do during the anthem? We just want to know. And also, what are you going to do on Tuesdays? What are you going to do on your off time? It's my day off. It's none of your damn business. It's my day off. Leave me alone. You don't want to play football or you don't. Hold, Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. But... The question becomes with Colin Kaepernick that, you know, if he's going to be an activist during the season, I'm just telling you, that is one of the reasons why a lot of teams are not interested in signing him. Why can't you simply ask him that question? Just say, listen, you're going to be a backup quarterback. You know, and if you are going to be doing national interviews about whatever, which I doubt he will do, and if you're going to be out doing a lot of things that are going to bring attention to this team, I think, you know, for, and look, you can call it whatever you want to call it, Mike. I'm just simply stating a fact about what has drawn a lot of teams away from the prospect of wanting to sign Colin Kaepernick. And you know that that's true. When he sat for an interview with the I Am Athlete podcast in April, they did a role-playing scenario. Brandon Marshall did a good job of pretending to be a GM and saying to Colin Kaepernick, what about our fan base? What do we say to our fan base as it relates to Kaepernick's activism? And his response was, you have end racism in the back of your end zone. You have Black Lives Matters on your helmet. Everything I've said should be in alignment with what you're saying publicly. And that, that, that's what I keep coming back to. It's not like he's going to all of a sudden go out and spend Tuesdays advocating satanic worship. He is going to continue to do the things that he's been doing in plain sight for more than five years. The Know Your Rights camp, which educates systematically and it's so weird there's this misconception among guys like pac-man jones and who else jumped in on antonio brown that that font of reason and logic and reliability and 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 good works for the community questioning what colin kaepernick has done well pay attention google it colin kaepernick has done plenty the things he's done the things he says 
the way he lives his life is in harmony with the gigantic letters that are at the back of the end zone and the messages that we see every time they cut to a close-up of a guy walking back to the huddle. Black Lives Matter, end racism, stop hate. Everything the NFL says it's for is exactly what he's pushing. So again, Peter, I ask you, why should anyone care? They should be standing up and applauding Colin Kaepernick for bringing to life the slogans that they've slapped over everything they can. You're absolutely right, Mike. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I think that it is brave and borderline heroic that he keeps doing it. My question to you is, what is an NFL team going to think if they have a backup quarterback who's, and again, I'm not saying that any of this is wrong at all. I'm just saying this is a big reason why NFL teams have steered away from them. They want, uh, they want their players to play football during the season, okay? But I'll just say one other thing about everything that he said on that podcast. I think it is utterly correct and absolutely true and very, very well said. And I go back to the time in 2013 when I took a two-hour car ride um, back and forth to his high school in Turlock, California from the Bay Area where he was going to be recognized at his high school graduation. And the one thing that really stood out to me is that if you sit there and talk to Colin Kaepernick for two hours, there is very little that he says that you say, man, that's wrong, or that's crazy, because it isn't. He's not saying anything that's crazy. He's not saying anything that's wrong. And other than several things over the years that he's done that are, you know, we can talk about it in different ways. We can discuss about the pig socks that he wore to practice. and, And I totally, totally get that. The problem is, Mike, the question is, when you are in the middle of a football season, is this really what you want out of a player on your team? who especially a player who is not playing very much, probably. That's the only thing that I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's wrong in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying that you know how people in the NFL think, and you know how the general managers and coaches in the NFL think. That's one of the reasons why I believe that whether they ever ask the question or not, maybe the legal counsel of the Raiders will say, you can't ask him any questions like that. So don't do it. And, and so, it, and I don't know whether they're going to do that. But whatever is done, you've got to know that that is an issue among many teams in the NFL. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines the other side of this is And when he made his latest push to get back in, and it was brilliant timing. I've been told that he did it simply because he realizes this is it. If it doesn't happen now, it's never going to happen again. And he seized on the reality that the veteran quarterback market wasn't as robust as we thought it was going to be. The teams out there looking to upgrade weren't as readily able to do so as maybe we thought they would, that fewer guys were moving around, that fewer spots were open, and we got a sense maybe there aren't enough good quarterbacks to go around currently. That's when he started working out in the various cities where it looked like maybe they could use an upgrade, and he was making the push. And I said at the time, this isn't going to happen. He's not going to get signed. The ship has sailed. The league has gotten away with it. Whatever the league did to him starting five years ago, collusion or not, Either they came together under the coordination and umbrella of the NFL and decided not to do business with him, or 32 teams independently decided 
sorry, too hot for us. We don't, we don't want, for the reasons you've discussed, we don't want that here. Um, I, I thought there was no way they would turn back around and say, oh, let's drag ourselves back into this controversy from five years ago that we have gotten away from. The passage of time has allowed us to get away from it. We have the best argument. He hasn't played in five years. Sorry, we want somebody who's played within the last five years. Doesn't get into any of the other stuff if you do that. Nope, five years. You know, and Sims and I have talked about that in the past. At some point, you get to a, an amount of time that's elapsed where none of the other stuff matters. All you got to say is, yeah, the guy hasn't played in five years. And, and that, that's why I'm stunned the Raiders even gave him a workout. Because all you have to say is, sorry, we prefer our football players who have actually had a football helmet on at some point in the, in the last half decade. That's, that's a minimum requirement. You have to have played football at some point in the last five years, and this guy hasn't. So we're going to move on to somebody else. And I said at the time, because we know what the deeper issues are, we know what the reasons have been, no one has, no owner, and I put this on the owners, and it always bugged me that the coaches and the GMs were the ones who were being asked about it when the owners weren't being pressed on it because they're the ones who are saying, no, 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 you're not doing that. Who has the moral courage and the financial courage to do this? And nobody did, and I didn't think any of them would. And Mark Davis, to his credit, had the moral and financial courage to do business with Colin Kaepernick for the purposes of a workout. And the NFL world did not stop spinning. And I've seen nothing about a mass boycott of the Raiders as a result of this. And maybe, Peter, just maybe, this act by Mark Davis opens the door just a little bit for some other yeah. team out there that has been thinking about when, when they, and they all have, if you go into an NFL facility, they've got the big board, whether it's all touch screens or old school with names on, on little magnets, they all have the list of all the available players at every position and they haven't prioritized. And they look at that list of the guys who are available and they look at the other list of the guys they have and they, Hmm. Is there a guy off of this list that's better than any of the guys on the list of the guys we have? That analysis doesn't happen with Colin Kaepernick. He's not on that list of the available quarterbacks for most teams. Well, maybe he will be now for some of the teams that could use an upgrade because Mark Davis has done something that has maybe shown you're not going to have this dramatic negative consequence if Colin Kaepernick's name is uttered in the same breath as the name of your team. You know what team I thought of yesterday, Mike? Because I think the point that you're making right now is an excellent point. And I have looked all over the uh, kind of weirdo media spectrum over the last couple of days for reactions to Colin Kaepernick getting a workout in Vegas. Crickets. I mean, it's just... Oh, okay. Kaepernick worked out with the Raiders. I mean, it's getting a lot of headlines, but nobody is standing up and saying, that's it, I'm canceling my season tickets. Uh, NIMBY, not in my backyard. Get this guy out of here. It, it, it hasn't happened. And so I started to think of a few teams that, to me, would be interesting. Okay? And the first one I thought of was the Baltimore Ravens. And I thought of the Ravens. For, a very, for two simple reasons. Number one, this is a team that more than any other team in the NFL you know, wants to run the ball, wants to throw the ball in the intermediate parts of the field, wants to have a mobile quarterback to get out of trouble. Okay, what do they have? They have Lamar Jackson who does all of that. Okay, secondly, what happens if on August 1st, for whatever reason, Lamar Jackson's not in training camp. Are you willing to say Tyler Huntley is our guy for the year? And uh, we, you know, we're not sure whether, you know, we're not bringing in Baker Mayfield. You know, are we sure that we, we want to risk going forward with a pretty thin quarterback group? Now, I happen to think that Lamar Jackson is going to be there in training camp. And until he's not there at the start of training camp, I don't care at all. And nobody should care. I've never one time, by the way, and I know this is jumping into something else. I've never one time at the end of a season heard, well, the reason that Team X didn't win this year is that Player Y didn't show up until Labor Day weekend. It's not an issue. It never is an issue. But 
the point I'm making is I started to think of teams that have open minds and that might have a need down the road. So I think you're exactly right. The world is still spinning on its axis. Everything is fine. And this, if anything, does open the door for other teams that might have uh, it might have interest peaked uh, to ask Colin Kaepernick in for a workout. The problem with the Ravens, and I go back to 2017, they were thinking about bringing him in. This was pre-Lamar Jackson. This was the first year that Colin Kaepernick was available as a free agent. There was talk about the Ravens bringing him in. They were ready to bring him in. His girlfriend posted a meme on social media comparing Steve Bishotti and Ray Lewis to two of the characters, I think from Django Unchained, characterizing Ray Lewis as the slave and Bishotti as the slave owner. And Ray Lewis eventually on Inside the NFL said, when me and Steve Bishotti were talking, this is what we were talking about. We were talking about giving this kid an opportunity to get back in the NFL. Look, this is what I wanted to share with people. I've been fighting for this kid behind the scenes. I've never been against him. But then he went on to say his girl goes out and puts out this racist gesture and doesn't know we're in the back office about trying to get this guy signed. Steve Bishotti said it himself. How can you crucify Ray Lewis when Ray Lewis is the one calling for Colin Kaepernick? So whatever she posted made Lewis look bad. At a time when Lewis claims he was working hard behind the scenes to get him a shot, they pulled the plug on it because of whatever his girlfriend did. Now, you can make a separate argument as to why anything his girlfriend does should be held against him. It's, they're not married, right? But this was an example of the trepidation that was happening at the time. Everybody was afraid of how the fan base was going to respond. That was the key. And we were hearing it, Peter. You were hearing it too from people at the time. We're, we're afraid that if we sign this guy, we are going to face a significant financial consequence. Big yes. ticket people, not just season ticket holders, but suite holders canceling, people abandoning ship, and we are going to have a real financial impact that, from a business standpoint, isn't worth it. That that was how it all got started in 2017. I think the world has changed dramatically since then. And, and again, as you said, based upon the reaction to Colin Kaepernick getting a workout, maybe, maybe there isn't that risk that was there five years ago. Maybe there won't be the same venom, the same vitriol, the same notion of how dare you, I'll never attend another NFL game. I'll never give you an, I'll never watch another game. I'll never, you know, all the, all the people who said never, 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 who are, are, are back now, they don't want them to go away temporarily again. So that's where I think the Ravens become a, a big question mark. Cause you're right for football reasons. It makes a ton of sense. Greg Roman's the offensive coordinator for crying out loud. The guy that made Colin Kaepernick, they worked together in San Francisco to have this, this, this offense that had Ron Jaworski saying Colin Kaepernick could end up being the greatest quarterback of all time back in 2013. So it makes a ton of sense from a football standpoint. But back to what you're saying, and even though it's wrong, wrong has been happening before our eyes for five-plus years when it comes to Colin Kaepernick. Why would we think that wrong is going to suddenly become right. That's what was so stunning about what Mark Davis did. Five years of wrong that was so baked in that we became completely and totally numb to it and accepted it. All of a sudden, in one afternoon, out of the blue, it flipped with one guy having the moral and financial courage to do what's right, to take five years of wrong, and even if just for a half hour on a Wednesday afternoon, make it into a right. Mike, didn't you think, didn't this cross your mind in uh, this week when you saw that he was going in for a workout? This is not the first time that Mark Davis, you know, this spring, this is not the first time that he's spoken up for Colin Kaepernick. He spoke up for Colin Kaepernick also in the John Gruden, Mike Mayock era. And one of my first thoughts was, well, Gruden and Mayock must have nixed uh, him working out there. And I don't know whether that's happened or not. But now, I think, I, I, don't, I don't know this, but clearly this, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have a stranglehold on that roster. They can make a decision. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels had a conversation with Mark Davis 
and Mark Davis said to them something like, look, what harm could this do? No harm whatsoever. Let's just bring him in and see if he's better than, you know, than, than Nick Mullins and Jarrett Stidham or see if you think that he might be able to compete with these guys and make us better, you know, in case one day Derek Carr slips on a banana peel. So that is what has gone through my mind this week when I've watched this. And that's the real question, Peter, and it's an excellent point. Is this a workout that happened because Mark Davis has been banging on Josh McDaniels and or Dave Ziegler to do it? Bring this guy in. You decide, but just bring him in. Do me a favor. Yeah. Do the guy that owns the team a favor and bring him in. Or is this McDaniels and Ziegler seizing upon the comments that Davis made four weeks ago as a green light to bring the guy in because McDaniels was on the opposing sideline, for example, December of 2012, when Colin Kaepernick went into Gillette Stadium and shredded Bill Belichick's defense. McDaniels witnessed it. So he knows what this guy can do. So is this we're placating the owner or is this the owner is giving us a green light to do something we weren't really inclined to do without the green light from the owner? That's a key distinction that would help shed light on whether or not it's going to be more than just a workout. Yeah, and look, let's see what happens in the coming days. Because as Josh McDaniels says, hey, we bring in a lot of guys for workouts. Let's see if there's any legitimacy to the fact that they might actually sign him. And, you know, let's give him the weekend and just see what happens. Now, the other thing, as, as people have wondered in the last few days, well, geez, they brought him in. What, if they were going to sign him, why haven't they signed him? Well, Bill Parcells, when I used to cover the Giants, used to have a little card in his back pocket. It was called his ready list. And on his ready list were one or two players at every position on his team, one or two potential free agents that if a guy went down with a hamstring at practice today, you know, who's the right guard, he pulls out the ready, ready list card and he says, well, our next right guard is John Doe uh, from University of Michigan. Well, he's, go find him, Tim Rooney, who was their pro scout, and bring him in. I want him at practice tomorrow. And so that's how these sort of things work. So this could be a case where now that the Raiders actually have knowledge, as they go through their minicamp, let's say their their full squad mandatory minicamp in June, and they finish practicing at the end of that, and McDaniels and Ziegler talk and say, man, Mullins uh, not looking really good. Maybe we just ought to cut the cord now and sign Kaepernick. Now, they could do that. They could wait till they get an injury in training camp. They could, you know, whatever. A lot of times what I'm saying is these workouts are simply to decide where Colin Kaepernick would be on your, the equivalent of what the the Raiders ready list will be as you go into the summer and later in the summer in training camp. And even before that, Peter, and you're making an excellent point, during these OTAs that are happening now, they're voluntary. They're voluntary. People like to shout they're voluntary. Well, you know what? For the guys who volunteer to show up, (laughs) proceed at your own caution. Because if you don't perform well at these voluntary workouts, you just can't step back and say, sorry, well, hey, it's voluntary. Don't hold it against me. I don't have to be here. No, they will cut you. Watch the wire. Everyday transactions of guys getting cut. Why are they getting cut? Because they don't like what they see from these guys at these voluntary practices. It could happen next week at OTAs. They could say, Nick Mullins, he sucks. Bye-bye, Nick. Chase Garbers, well, it was fun. We gave it a try. Chase isn't the answer. Jared Stidham, too bad we traded for him. Huh? No, uh, because I, I was in the, the office the other day watching the film from Kaepernick's workout. And let, let's watch the film from practice today. And let's watch the film from Kaepernick's workout. Yeah, see you later, Chase Garbers and or Nick Mullins and or Jared Stidham. And sorry to those guys. And it is a zero-sum game. It always is. If Colin Kaepernick's going to get a spot on that roster, the 90-man roster, they already got four quarterbacks. One of them's got to go. But you're absolutely right, Peter. And this is what I was talking about earlier. Every team's got the list of guys who are available, the list of guys on their team. Colin Kaepernick now, at least for the Raiders, 
presumably is on the list of available guys. His name is back on the list, maybe at the very top of the list. And will other teams do the same thing? That's the real question. Because it can be debated as to whether he's good enough to be the starter for one of these teams where you look at and say, my God, you're going forward with those guys, and there's three or four teams that fit that bill. But what can't be debated is he's good enough to at least be on one of the four deep depth charts. A hundred and what, what is that? Four times 32, 130, 142. I don't know. My math sucks. It's 128 more than 100. is four times 128. 32. Thank you. 128. Um, I used to be good in math a long time ago, believe it or not. And I know you don't believe it, but uh, 128. Is he, is he at least better than guy number 128? And, and yes, yes, he, of course, of course he is at this point, even if he hasn't played in five years. We talked earlier about Derek Carr and what Derek Carr should think about this and whether or not it's a threat to Derek Carr. And of course it isn't an immediate threat to Derek Carr as a starter of the team. On that point, here's Josh McDaniels from Thursday on whether or not he talked to Derek Carr about giving Colin Kaepernick a workout. I think Derek's pretty comfortable with where he's at. I think he knows who he is for us. I know he knows how I feel about him, how we feel about him. And, um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think that's really a big thing to Derek at this point. I think he knows this is his football team and, um, you know, and, and he's working like it on the field and he's leading the way that we want him to lead and he's doing all the right things. I couldn't ask more from, from Derek Carr and very pleased with what he's doing so far. Yeah, and look, and that makes sense. And one of the things we discussed yesterday in the aftermath of the workout, the best place for Colin Kaepernick is a place where there's an entrenched starter who won't be threatened by the presence of Colin Kaepernick and who also is secure enough that he can deal with the fact that there's a bigger crowd of reporters talking to the backup quarterback than there are talking to the starter. And Carr, between the fact that they traded for the guy that he wanted on the team and Devontae Adams. That shows that they believe in Carr. They gave him a new contract. Now that contract does have an escape hatch after this season if they really want to use it. Uh, but for now, obviously, it's Carr's team. Carr's the guy. Kaepernick isn't a threat. If at some point Kaepernick starts lighting it up in practice, then it gets very interesting. And Kaepernick himself, Peter... This was from that I Am Athlete podcast interview, and I think this actually may have limited the number of teams that would be interested because he said, I know I have to find my way back in. So, yeah, if I have to come in as a backup, that's fine. But that's not where I'm staying. When I prove I'm a starter, I want to be able to step on the field as such. That puts him, there's two types of backup quarterbacks in the NFL. There's the guy who knows he's the backup and is happy to be the backup, the Nick Foles to Matt Ryan. Nick Foles made it clear this week, I'm the backup to Matt Ryan. I know that. I'm not trying to take over. Then there's the backup who isn't content to be the backup and is doing everything he can to take over for the starter. So that mindset, that's the only thing that would give me pause in a place like Las Vegas or really anywhere. Unless there is no chance, no way in hell this guy's going to ever be as good as the starter. I'm leery unless I want that competition, unless I need that competition, Seattle, Carolina, Houston, unless I need that Miami, unless I want that competition and need that competition in Miami, they don't. They're trying to prop up Tua. But my point is that's a dynamic that you have to accept because he said it himself. And that's a football reason. That's not, oh, well, you know, we shouldn't get caught up in these improper reasons. This is the proper reason to have pause because his mindset may not mesh with what you're trying to construct on your quarterback depth chart. There's a couple of things about what you just said. Number one, um, I do think that anybody who would sign uh, Kaepernick would have to have a conversation with him about, especially in this case, hey, look, you know, in the next year, I mean, we just, we're basically paying Derek Carr like a franchise quarterback. And again, yes, you're right. They can get out of it this year and have whatever it is, a $6 million dead cap hit in uh, 2023. But they didn't sign Derek Carr to that contract uh, with the thought that nine months from now, we're going to be looking for another quarterback. They signed him to that deal because they think that he's going to be their guy going forward. And McDaniels has been working with him for that express reason. But I think 
I think there has to be a clear understanding that we want you to help us win. And when we say we want you to help us win, we want you to help Derek Carr. What do you see that might be able to help him? We want you in a, in a week where, you know, you might have to play scout team quarterback, and maybe that's every week. But we want you in a week that you have to play scout team quarterback to be the best damn scout team quarterback in the NFL. And we, you know, so there are going to be those conversations that would have to happen, I think, before any team signed them. But I'll just say one other thing based on what you just said, Mike. My feeling is that I don't want somebody on my team. I don't, I don't want Colin Kaepernick. If he says, I'm going to be very happy being the backup. All I want to do is go in and help John Doe win. That's all I want to do. I am not going to be a squeaky wheel. I'm not going to do this. I'm not, you know, I want somebody who's going to say, you know, I'm going to get in there as a backup quarterback, but my goal is to be a starter. I got a lot of good years left of being a quarterback. I'm not a clipboard carrying guy. I'm going to work as hard as I can to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So honestly, what he said, and I heard that a couple of weeks ago, what he had said in that podcast. And, and I said, that's what I would want my quarterback to say. But there are teams that have backups who understand and they want it this way, where the guy is the backup. There's a clear delineation between one and two. Now, what he could be saying is, I'll come in as a backup for one team with the idea of becoming the starter somewhere else. But then you get yes. into contractual yeah. niceties because, look, Peter, if the Raiders are very happy with him as the backup, they're just going to hand him away to some other team. If there's an opportunity for him to go start, is he is he going to walk into Dave Ziegler or Josh McDaniels and say, you know, uh, the Bears had an injury over the weekend to Justin Fields, and he's out for the year. And I hate to mention specific names because then I get blamed for jinxing a guy. But there's a starter somewhere else. Forget what I just said. There's a starter somewhere else who's been injured, and there's an opportunity, and maybe they want me. Would you trade me there? And they're going to say, no, you're a damn good backup. We need you in case the injury happens here. So that's where it gets a little bit dicey. But I hear what you're saying. Look, you want everybody on your team to have the mindset of compete. I remember how Matt Hasselbeck's mindset used to be when he was the backup to Andrew Luck. It wasn't, I'm here to serve you. It's, I'm here to push you. And I'm going to push you. And I'm going to push you as hard as I can. And I'm going to act like I'm trying to beat you out and get you benched because it's going to make you better. So there is a way to spin that in a positive way. And there is a way to use that. And look, if Josh McDaniels learned a few things from Bill Belichick over the years, one of them is it doesn't hurt to have a guy around that puts a little heat on the rear end of the starter, like Jimmy Garoppolo to Tom Brady. Doesn't hurt to have a guy like that around. You know, Peyton Manning, they never drafted quarterbacks when Peyton Manning was in Indianapolis. Could not potentially in any way do anything to threaten Peyton Manning. Tom Brady, you look at the list, they're drafting quarterbacks all the time. They always had a guy they were developing. They always had a guy there that, hey, Tom, if you slip, we have an alternative. So uh, I, I, I agree with you. There is a way to thread that needle and, and harmonize what Colin Kaepernick wants with what a team is looking for. But, but the clock is ticking. He's 34. He doesn't want to go somewhere, and he probably wouldn't sign anything more than a one-year contract for that purpose. You have that one year where you prove yourself through being a like kind of like Mitch Trubisky. Like, what the hell did Mitch Trubisky do in Buffalo last year to prove himself? He didn't play. But it was that one year where he goes and all the reports are good and he's doing well at practice and he, and he did great when he had a chance in the preseason. That's enough of a body of work to get him the opportunity the following year. And I think that's the best case scenario for Colin Kaepernick. Go somewhere, be the backup, play in the preseason, get the Mitch Trubisky effect where then when next March rolls around, somebody jumps on you with a, with a, quarter, a quarterback contract that gives you an opportunity to be the starter the following year, even if they would draft somebody like the Steelers did. Isn't it bizarre, by the way, how the fact that Mitch Trubisky's uh, image and his reputation – have really been polished up by a year sitting on the bench somewhere. And, and I know that that's not what is in this, in this block of time to discuss, but 
one of the things that really surprised me in, in the wake of my ranking the teams 1-32 to 32 last week, I had the Steelers 23. I had them the last team in the division. And one of the reasons, obviously, is that I have no idea if they have a quarterback on their team. I, 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 how can you know? And, and, you know, everybody, you know, thinks that, okay, a second chance. Trubisky's going to be good this time. Well, we watched him for four years. I, and I'm not saying that it's hopeless. I'm saying I, I think it's a decent opportunity to see if the guy can be rehabbed and play in your offense. But, man, that has really blown me away, this new faith in Mitchell Trubisky that he suddenly is going to be the guy. But anyway, we'll see. That one year in Buffalo, the ultimate football palate cleanser, a, uh, a, a small dish <laughs> of chicken wing flavored sorbet for the career of Mitchell Trubisky <laughs> as he moves on to the next course. Before we move on to the next segment, two teams, I'm told, were interested in Colin Kaepernick before the Raiders workout. So the next question as we go into Memorial Day weekend, will those two teams feel emboldened, empowered, encouraged to maybe bring in Colin Kaepernick next for a workout? That That's the question to be determined as the dust settles on one of the most surprising developments of the offseason that anyone after five years has given Colin Kaepernick a chance, a long overdue chance to come in and show what he can do. All right, what can we expect from the Kansas City Chiefs offense without Tyreek Hill? Patrick Mahomes weighed in yesterday. We'll weigh in next here on PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.